This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. A new term has kind of made its way into the vernacular around the labor force. It is quiet quitting, and it is when employees are viewed to be do are being viewed to coast or do the bare minimum. It is part of the mindset that work shouldn't be the be all end all of our lives. But how is it impacting work right now? Matthew Bidwell, managing professor, excuse me, management professor at the Wharton School, joining us with more. Matthew, always great to have you with us today. Thank you for a few moments. No problem. Good to speak with you. Thank you. So this concept of quiet quitting, how did it really come about? Because I guess it's not necessarily a new idea, maybe being packaged a little bit different. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's, um, we've often seen, I mean, we have, I think, just generally a very conflicted view of the role of work in our lives. Um, many of us, I think, on the one hand, we're, we're very achievement-oriented and kind of very competitive, and we want to do our best and be the best at our jobs and demonstrate our commitment. On the other hand, we have this little voice at the back of our head going, it's only work. Uh, so some, somebody wrote a book recently, wasn't it? Your job won't love you back or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think there is this kind of, you know, on the one hand, we kind of feel maybe we should be doing our best in our job to demonstrate how valuable we are and how important we are and all those sorts of things. And there's another voice that's going, yeah, there's more to life than this. Um, and so I think we've always had that tension. Um, I kind of feel like if I had the energy, which probably also says something about my quiet quitting, um, I would go back over the last 30 years. I bet every year you would find an article that describes how young professionals today are discovering there's more to life than work and describing a trend of, you know, young professionals giving it all up to form small artisanal businesses and that sort of thing. So I think we've we've always just seen this this tension and some people deciding that for them kind of the corporate rat race is not the thing. Yeah. Um, and yes, either just leaving it all together or else just deciding to dial back a little bit. So. Well and it's interesting that it's occurring at a time where obviously we've gone through the pandemic, we're dealing with inflation, we've got people working from home, all of these dynamics which were are, are not necessarily the norm to what we're used to, even with, with some of the bumps in the road we've seen in past decades. And, and so this is, the, you know, it, I guess is kind of the latest issue to concern businesses who are really focused, I would imagine, one of the top areas is the productivity of the employee right now. Yeah, I mean, it's that, that's a great point. Um, and you're seeing all sorts of interesting ways companies are trying to get at this. I don't know if you saw uh, about a week and a half ago, there's a nice article in the New York Times about all the kind of monitoring software that companies are now yeah. using to check everybody is working yep. the entire time, um, which sounds absolutely terrifying. And probably a stupid idea in the vast majority of cases. I mean, it's interesting. When you talk to most managers, they're not worrying about my people working from home are not being productive. I mean, more of them have been worrying about burnout and the idea that their employees are actually working way too hard. I mean, you do you definitely see these horror stories from time to time. Well, depending on your perspective, they're horror stories. But if people have decided to take like two or three jobs because they figured out that um, while they're working remotely, they can do multiple full-time jobs and yeah. nobody will really know. Um, so, yeah, th there is definitely the possibility when people are working remotely for kind of, you know, outrageous behavior. But 
I don't think in most cases we've seen very much like that. As an organization, you're always worrying about productivity. You're always worrying to some extent about how do we get the best out of our people. Um, but obviously balancing that with also how do we make sure this is a place that people want to stay. Um, and I think at the moment, that question about how do we make people want to stay probably trumps questions about are we getting that incremental 5-10% out of them. Um, whether that will continue to be the case is obviously the question that everybody's asking. And so does that, I guess, puts more emphasis on the relationship that the employee and the manager, uh, you know, whatever that executive is above the employee level have in terms of working on a day-to-day basis and making it an environment that is is something that uh, that those people want to be around? Yeah, I mean, I, I think all through. Um, so... What the manager does, the organizational policies, all of those sorts of things. And you know, by and large, we know one of the things that, that people value most in a job is autonomy. And so, yes, I think it's very clear that the company is watching you every minute of your day and kind of holding you to account for absolutely everything that you see. That is unlikely to – that's not a great retention strategy. Um, and so kind of at that level, as well as what your manager does, um, obviously something that every company is wrestling with today is um, remote work and how much to allow, at least for, for those jobs where people can work remotely, how much to allow them to work from home and how much to insist they come in from the office. But, but that's going to play a role, too. How much impact then does this concept of quiet quitting potentially have on the labor markets do you think right now does does it is it something that companies are are going to deal with do you think as they as they kind of move through the next uh, 12 to 24 months still trying to you know maintain a a, a decent level of workforce um i mean i i think every organization does have to deal with performance and this is another way of kind of thinking about performance management that are people are people performing at an acceptable level and this concern? I mean, depending on how you define quiet quitting, for some people it's just I'm no longer want to go above and beyond. Yeah. For other people, it's becoming really quite checked out and disengaged. Companies, I think, have always had to deal with people who've been kind of checked out and disengaged. Maybe a little easier to be checked out and disengaged at the moment, um, just in terms of if you're not in the office so much, there there are more other things that you can be doing. So yeah, I mean, I I think so. And I guess the the dynamic of... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matthew. When I talk to HR executives, I have to say it is not the thing that they are worrying about. Um, You know, when I... People who are managing, you know, their big questions are, how do we hang on to people? How do we find new people, kind of the right people? And also, how do we strike, I mean, this balance between giving people the flexibility to, to work from home which they want, while also maintaining some sort of cohesive organizational culture. I mean, I think those things much more than quiet quitting are what's really on people's minds. As you kind of sit back and, and look at, at the labor markets in general right now, Matthew, with all that's gone on, especially in the last few months around inflation and, and some companies starting to announce uh, uh, layoffs, cutbacks, slowing hiring, how do you view the state of the labor market right now? Uh, really confusing, um, in two words. Uh, I mean, yes, we have interest rates going up. Um, the GDP figures are pretty flat. Both things that would suggest hiring should really be softening. Um, 
And yet, when you look at the figures on job growth, they're still incredibly strong. When you look at the recent survey on um, job openings and labor turnover, they're still reporting very strong job openings um, and kind of very high levels of quitting. Um, so it's it's bizarre. Um, I think you know, you've got all these all these indicators pointing in completely different directions. Um, I think most people expect some softening in the labor market. Um, it's going to get, depending on your perspective, either a little easier to hire or a little harder to find a job than it has been as interest rates go up. As kind of you know, so we expect there to be a, a squeeze on consumer spending with all the inflation. Again, we're not seeing it so strongly yet. So I think most people are somewhat pessimistic about the labor market, um, but we're not seeing it yet. Matthew, I want to uh, wish you uh, all the best. Thank you for giving us a few moments today and uh, look forward to talking to you again down the road. All the best. Thank you very much. Great to talk with you. As always, uh, Matthew Bidwell, who is a management professor uh, here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.